Hi, and welcome to the Music Box Podcast, otherwise, as I like to call it, MVP, where we talk about all things Music Box, that is, the Music Box Theater in Chicago. On today's show, we're going to have Steve Bacopi and Drake Noonan talking about the Cinepocalypse Genre Film Festival, which we are still in, Damsel, which is going to be our opening film, our weekend matinee midnight shows, and we are hoping to bring a special guest by the name of Robert Cargill to the uh, podcast. So uh, let's find out who, what voices are here. Who's here? Steve? You want to introduce yourself? Maybe after you introduce yourself. (laughs) I hate introducing myself first. The guests are first. Okay. You were so good last week. And this week. (laughs) Ryan Ostrike. I'm the general manager of the theater. I'm your loyal host to this podcast. You know my voice probably by now. And if you don't, and this is your first podcast, welcome. And we have two great people on today. We've got Steve. Why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Steve Procopi. I'm the head film critic at Third Coast Review. And uh, occasionally you can read my reviews uh, also in the Music Box calendar and a few of my interviews on the Music Box website. And I occasionally do a, uh, some Q&As here at the Music Box as well. And you've been on the podcast before. Uh, this seems like only yesterday, but it was, in fact, a week ago. Yes. You've been on several of the podcasts This is my number before, three. Right? This yeah, is number, number three. three. Yeah, Steve is becoming like the favorite guest for this, I feel like. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm playing no favorites. Drake, why don't you introduce God yourself? Forbid. My name is Drake Atticus Noonan. I'm the lounge and beverage manager here at the Music Box. Uh, if you've ever spent any time in our very comfortable little lounge space or... Uh, gotten any of our delicious beers or cocktails at our concession stand or at our bar. I'm the guy who kind of brings that stuff to you. So it's good to talk to you folks. Welcome, Drake. Welcome, Steve. Happy to have you on for this podcast today. Why, thank you. We are talking about what we've got going on currently at the theater. And let's talk about the easy things first, because, you know, they're, they're really just there. So we have American Animals, which has been playing for a couple of weeks, and we are going to hold it through July 5th, which is probably going to be its final week. So if you haven't seen American Animals, which I do recommend seeing, you got through July 5th. I haven't seen American Animals yet, but I have uh, heard that there's a copious amount of swear words in it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one, of our, uh, one of our projectionists, after his first shift with American Animals, goes, Wow, there's a lot of swearing in this. Have, have you we gotten all... any complaints from the, from the audience? <laughs> and I, and I looked at him and I was just like, who do you think we are? We're, we're the music box. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got an email about it, actually. It was a very charming email to receive like you know, late at night. It's just suddenly like, seems to be a lot of swearing in this movie. <laughs> Did they not come to Full Metal Jacket? Oh, the... <laughs> uh, I didn't ask. Uh, okay. <laughs> so American Animals, you still got a chance to see it. And thanks to everybody who's been coming out. You're why we're holding it. That's how the business works here. And then we also are playing the movie The Mountain, which will be held, but only ever so slightly through Sunday, um, July 1st. It'll have one showing on Saturday and Sunday. And that's just our, our way to give that last little effort to make sure that if you had a chance to see it, you have a chance to see it. And that is there. Mountain is is a harrowing, harrowing, incredible uh, documentary about our love and crazy reactions to nature that is the mountains by really well narrated by Willem Dafoe. So you got until July 1st on that one, folks. But now let's just talk about... The white elephant in the room. No, not white elephant. White the elephant. Thing, Don't think of white elephants. The I thing that is, is I was going to say, the thing that is taken over the music box, taken over, I know, all the lives here of the podcast yep. uh, guests, uh, as well as the entire lives of the rest of the staff here. And honestly, I think it's taken over some of the lives of the badge holders because they've been here all weekend long, which has been a lot of fun. It is the Cinepocalypse Genre Film Festival. This is the second edition, our sophomore year. We are in the middle of it. We're recording this podcast on Monday. So for us, we still have a lot left. You'll be hearing this podcast on Wednesday, which you'll say, okay, what's left? Which we're going we're gonna to come back and talk about what's left. But I kind of want to talk about what it's been like so far. Just the experience of yeah, it overall. Yeah, because you were here. I mean, oh, you yeah. threw an opening night party. What was oh, that man, like? I'll tell you, like, honestly, with the, with the opening, like you were just saying it took over the lives of the staff a little bit. With the opening night party done, I feel like I'm just now starting to get my brain back. But the opening night party was a huge success. I really want to thank everybody who came out to that, anybody who was who was there guest-wise, and also all of our vendors and our sponsors. It was a really fun party. If you weren't there, you missed out. We had uh, free products, for, uh, free beer from a lot of different places, as well as some uh, canned cocktails from Cutwater Spirits. Um, Still we, enjoying those, by the way. Oh, yeah, Still absolutely. Just, yes. Lots of leftovers on uh, those. <laughs> for those of you who aren't familiar with this part of the podcast, we do this while drinking, <laughs> and Steve is enjoying a vodka this meal from Cutwater. This is my first Cutwater. drink in a podcast situation. 
question, by the way. Right. Usually well, I don't. Yeah. But. Well, I don't think I've ever told the podcast listeners this, but yeah, we always have a beer. <laughs> you know, we're not drinking heavily, it's, but it, it just to us, it just kind of makes sense because we're in the music box lounge. It's also right, yeah, and correct. it's it, you know, if you're in the lounge, you're just hanging, lounging. I mean, as a podcast listener, I kind of always assume that people are drinking while they're podcasting, <laughs> like across the board. It, like so, even times, if it's yes. like a true crime serial. Oh, absolutely. How well, many times they're more than likely drinking, listening to it for sure. Honestly, but, like uh, how many times <laughs> do you listen to a podcast and you suddenly hear a can open? You I know, hear that I have, all the time I have heard that a few, but maybe we listen to different podcasts because I don't be. think I've heard that on Could all be. of my podcasts. Yeah, but anyway, have, yes, we're all enjoying cold beverages, one of them being uh, a, a delicious cut water vodka uh, cocktail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, the so I mean, we had some great artists and stuff like that out for it. Actually, one of uh, the artists who came out for the opening night party is a guy named Eric Rott, and uh, he has had a badge and has been coming back. He actually gave me a print of his uh, Albert Fish art a couple of nights ago, who is a very terrifying serial killer, if you guys aren't familiar with Albert Fish. <laughs> Not familiar. Uh, I got it from him. He, he asked me which one I wanted, and I was like, oh, the Albert Fish one, because to me, Albert Fish is one of the most frightening serial killers in American history. However, then I got it, and I'm like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Am I going to frame it? Like, I can't put it up in my house. It's a picture of a serial killer. Why can't you put it up in your house? I, I mean, like, I've... It'd be I've got, great in the bathroom. Yeah, True. <laughs> Honestly, uh, you got to find – if you ever put <laughs> shit up in your bathroom, you got to put the weirdest stuff. Or you can put Because it then it's always a conversation piece with people. Yeah. Like, especially if you're, like, having a house party. Right. You're like, man, that you got a weird bathroom. I was thinking about putting it up in the kitchen, but I thought that would be in poor taste because he ate people. <laughs> Is it a scary-looking – No, it's very nice, actually. I was going to say, if it was, it, I always put this – I have a scary portrait of something, like, from a horror uh-huh. film – in the back of one of my closets. Smart. So that every once in a while, if somebody parts the, the coats, <laughs> there's the face right at eye level. You know, there's <laughs> actually, you, there are ideas right here sure. for you, Drake. Well, I, I mean, that, that, to be totally yeah. honest, yeah, to be, oh. to be totally <laughs> yeah. honest, there's there's a crawl space here in the lounge. It's hidden underneath a rug. One, one of these days, you guys should come in here and see no, if you can find it. No, we're not telling listeners. Listeners, wait. I'm sorry. We are not offering that to you. <laughs> oh, wait, I, no, whatever I'm kidding. Drake don't, just don't actually said, do I'm going to edit this out. Okay, don't actually do that. But I have been thinking for years about just like buying some animal bones online and hiding them <laughs> down in that crawl space just for the fe- for like 10 years in the future when like there's a whole We new don't staff need to here. hide them. I mean, didn't we find a skeleton of a cat when we did this place? What? You I haven't saw heard this story. Lounge? Yeah. Oh. What? Okay, so <laughs> you know, you know how Chicago is. There's like tiny gaps between some buildings, right? This is, sure. This is a this old theater spot. This is where this should happen. Well, guess what? <laughs> okay. it's, I'm going out of turn here. Whoa. It's totally. Oh, the format is broken. It's totally fitting of Dogs apocalypse. and cats living together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so when they were when we were redoing when we had bought the building that is the lounge now. Um, we had, we wanted to tear it out because it was old and, you know, needed, needed a lot of renovation. Sure. And so when they did that, they went into the walls and somehow a cat, or at, it's some part of the 80 year history of that building, <laughs> got into the wall and died. I don't know why I'm laughing about and, that. And they found the skeleton of that cat mm-hmm. just like imprinted on the wall like not like, like at the bottom like, like nearly fossilized yes, like fossilized wow. in the wall wow and so of course the gm at the time took a picture of it because this is i mean why got did... a novel why wouldn't you do that sure um and so we have this they have this folder of of the the music box lounge and it's all these pretty pictures that you can share with with people to kind of sell the lounge or tell people how nice it is and then the last picture is the cat Oh man! It always shocks Why isn't me. that photo framed? No, and here, about no. Where you it doesn't found it. fit the aesthetic. <laughs> it does not fit done, the aesthetic of, bring, of this next lounge. Next to Nick Offerman or something. Bringing it back to the again <laughs> does not fit the aesthetic of this lounge. It does I've got not a good work. story about Nick Offerman being here. I'll tell on the podcast someday. But bringing back to the opening night party, what we should have done because we also had a couple of vendors out here from different like curio shops and bookstores and record shops around Chicago. One of them was Sideshow Gallery. They're a curio shop. They sell you know like they sell a lot of like sort of witchy tarot stuff and all that. But they also have like you know old taxidermy. And, and like just weird stuff essentially and what we should have done is just taken that section out of the wall and sold it to one of these curio shops <laughs> we could have made some money off of it Chicago history right there absolutely um, but yeah opening night party was awesome opening night film the domestics was really good yeah that played that played well I liked it a lot I hadn't seen it so crazy story about that I don't know if I told you this yeah. but so in my way way Years, years back, 10 years now, maybe, uh, I used to run the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Film Festival, so I did a lot of programming there, and and, and one year I, I chose the short films based on submissions, and there was this, this, this German World War II film that I, I did, it was like a horror elements to it, and, and, I, and I programmed it, and I, you know, you do this thing, you put these things out there, and you kind of forget about those things. Well... The director of Domestics walks in on opening night, because I haven't met him yet, um, and I don't know what he looks like, 
And he walks up to me and he goes, I know you. And I was like, how do you know me? How do we know each other? And he goes, Minneapolis. I was like, whoa, like Minneapolis, the festival? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you programmed my very first short film, and now you programmed my uh, my feet my very first feature film at your festival. So I'm in two different cities. And the crazy. His name is Mike Nelson, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Mike that Nelson. The director. Hey, uh, <laughs> listeners, if you can find the domestics and you like that style post-apocalyptic, which is, it, but it's also a love story, which is really interesting, but it's it, very, very violent. I recommend it. It's good. It's it looks fitting. good. I, I wish I could have seen it. I was busy setting up vendors and all that I stuff. Did, well, I came out and then I, I was at your party and I had a lot of fun at your party. Good, Thank I'm you. glad. I was uh, excited. But I, I liked the little addition that you did at the party. Were you? Did you? Were you there, Steve? The Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure drinking oh, yeah. game. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. I popped in for. But that. Did you see the intro? Yes. Oh yeah, I saw the. I'd seen the intro. Well, yes, I saw. It. I watched it again. Yeah. yeah big thank um, you to Alex Winter on that. Alex Winter, the guy who played Bill. Is that correct? I just got, got that messed up when I was a kid. I think Keanu Reeves is Ted yeah, and Alex Winter is Bill. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's Bill. Yeah. Yeah, it's Bill. Uh, Alex Winter, the guy who played Bill on that, he he recorded a quick uh, just introduction to the drinking game rules for us, which I thought was a, a blast. Oh, he that read the really rules. Nice like, touch. yeah, he read yeah. the rules of the drinking game. And which... then it was like, be excellent. Yeah. yeah exactly. be and excellent everybody in the crowd was like, air guitaring. Exactly. Which you can't, you can't <laughs> which, make that sound on, on a podcast. Sorry. I'm going to put this. I'm going to put the. So, so we definitely had some people who drank a lot that night because we had uh, the drinking game rules for Bill and Ted included things like drink anytime somebody says the word dude. And uh, pe- people definitely. <laughs> or whoa. Or step in and out of the phone booth. <laughs> for the record, I didn't put that one in there. I was trying, no, no, I was no. trying to pare it back a little bit so people wouldn't die. Uh, and then yeah. we had some other people add some more rules in in between it getting from me to Alex Winter. So got it, a little, got a little crazy. Crazy. Yeah, but people, it was a lot of fun. The opening really night was themselves. so great. Yeah. I, was, I was so happy. If you came out, listeners, for opening night, I was happy you're here. If you if you missed it, uh, you know what? What we learned from opening night is that we can throw a mean party with the lounge yes. and the garden. You want to? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, right now, there's something really cool in the garden that Drake put together. And if and if you can come out to the garden, check it out. You right should now. come check it out because it's it's. I mean, we're gonna try to work with these people again in the future, but it, the garden has never looked better. We're working with a company uh, called uh, Vintage Grindhouse, which is sort of a startup antique store in Chicago, uh, run by Joan Joe Grillo and. Uh, Anastasia Alkina. I you you got you guys are gonna see this shop. It's at uh, Montrose and Kedzie. And it's just incredible. I mean, the first time I walked in there, you know, it's, you, you walk into this tiny little kind of drawing room. And it looks like sort of like you'd see any antique shop. You know, there's some carved wooden chairs and cabinets and stuff like that. But then you walk past that and it opens up into this huge warehouse just full of these just crazy, crazy antique stuff. And uh, I kind of knew, I mean, I was, I was on my way to get some pho and I stopped in and saw the place. And I, I was like, I have to check this place out. And literally the moment I walked in there, I was like, I don't know what we're going to do with them, but we have to do something with them in the future. And they've come out and uh, they tented our back patio and they they have a lot of their own uh antiques out back there some really great chairs chase lounges we've got a full leather gorilla and a full leather panther uh it's just incredible to look at honestly it makes me it makes me a little bit sad that we can't keep it like that all year round well those are expensive pieces of furniture yes, they too are. but if they all anybody have price has tags the, on them so they, you can they're all for they, sale they, you're right i'm sorry <laughs> I, should have said, I mean the, the, the vintage grindhouse is looking you know hopefully get a little sale out of this but i just if you've if you've been to our garden before it's a nice place but what it is right now Oh, yeah. No, and we want to try you to work with them saying. again it's, in the future. It's amazing. So that was opening night, and that's currently with the garden, what's yep, going on. the garden will stay that awesome. way for the entire week. Uh, also, you created some cool cocktails for the week. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so there's a special Cinepocalypse cocktail list. Drake creates amazing cocktails. Well, thank you. For all, all sorts of events, which you, if you ever come in, just go to, the, to go to the lounge and be like, is there a specialty cocktail? Because um, mm. the bartenders will let you know what it is, and they're always pretty pretty novel. I've enjoyed many of your cocktails, Drake. Well, thank you very much. Um, but Steve, w- w- you know, it's been a crazy weekend I'm, of films. I, yeah, and weekend. filmmakers, I just, I'm blurred with everything that's happened and how many people have been just utterly amazing humans and incredibly generous. And oh, these filmmakers are just here. They're talking to people. They're hanging out in the lounge. Friday night, we had a world premiere with Cleopatra Coleman. And afterwards, you know, you assume that, the, you know, people like who are very busy, yeah. you know, and are tired and they're, they're on set. They come from their set and they're here for a day and then they have to go back to their set. You assume that, you know, they wrap up and they just want to leave. Well, Cleo on Friday night, she stayed, hung out in the lounge, and was playing Jenga with random customers <laughs> yeah. for like two hours. Yeah. It was so random, and that's just like one guest of the festival. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're so like, they're all they're all hanging out. They're all hanging out. Like sometimes 
shutting down the bar. Like, with the, uh, last uh, night, yes. Yeah, I've had to apologize oh, no, to some bartenders. Nights, I should nights. say, yeah. I'm sorry, staff, that we put you through the late nights here. Well, the, one, the filmmakers did. But the filmmakers have been like, the, yeah. watching everybody enjoy the space is kind of one of my favorite things about working here. Is like, it's it's uh, being able to offer a certain level of hospitality, not just to our our patrons, but also to like guests like the filmmakers. Like, I just really, I, I, that always, I always enjoy that. You, you expect the younger filmmakers to do something like that, but <laughs> seriously, Ernest Dickerson the legendary cinematographer and director put them all to shame. He was here until he, 3 a.m., right? Yeah. He stayed till well after closing. Well, I think the Boogeyman Pop guys, which were much younger, yes, yes. left before Ernest left. They did. They, yep. well, they went to another bar, but yes, oh, okay. they did. All they right. left it too, right? When you Story closed, would be so. better if, they, if you didn't yeah. add that. <laughs> but they did leave. Yeah, but but Ernest, that part Ernest and Stephen Hopkins just stuck around and traded stories, you know, decades worth of stories and talked to anyone and took pictures with everyone and had a lot to drink. And it, it was, they were, <laughs> they look so like they're having a fun. fun. Time. And these are not young men. These are, no, but these they are... have lived these lives and have so many stories. Well, and it, it shocked me. Seasoned it, filmmakers, really. Yeah. Just amazing. And well, they filmed everywhere and they worked with everyone. Yeah, you, well, you throw on a name and you're like, what do you know? And you're like, oh, there's some dirt. Yeah, <laughs> they right. have, they, he was, Ernest was telling the dirt stories. He was telling well, with great. Like, he, with a story about Stephen Green and all that? Uh, I didn't hear that. No, okay. I, I won't even gotcha. say who he was talking about yesterday. <laughs> I'm but, not going to say oh who he was talking about the other well, day you know, as well. I mean, if you guys want to hear who we're talking about, come to the festival. But yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah, say. Like, you got to be a fly on the wall. All you have exactly. to be is sitting next to him to hear it because he wasn't being particularly, he wasn't censoring himself <laughs> based on who was he wasn't. Him. Yeah, he wasn't looking like, are you press? Are you recording this? <laughs> No, <laughs> this is off the record, right? Yeah. No, it's it's a uh, it's one of the really fascinating things about this festival because it's not just the the world premiere stuff. The repertory stuff has been great. Like I got to see uh, Judgment Night for the first time on Saturday, and but man, that movie is awesome. Yeah. yeah, it really is quite good. And the story about like you know the, there was apparently a, a, on its opening weekend or something there was an act of violence in New York. A gang member shot somebody else at one of the screenings, yeah, and so like York, the movie yeah. got pulled from a lot of places. So yeah. I'd never even heard of it before. But God, what a what a quintessentially Chicago movie. Yeah, the only film I. I've actually sat through all through and through that I made sure to do was juice. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, because like I've seen a lot of these films ahead of time and I want to like watch parts of these films on the big screen because sometimes when you watch screens on a small screen. But juice, I've never had a chance to see on the big screen. So I was Me like, either. we have a 35 millimeter print. It's in good shape. Hey, I just I told everybody, I was like, if you need me, I'll be in the back row, but otherwise don't bother me. I just want to watch juice. Sure. And, uh, and it was great. The, whoever projected it cranked the sound up oh, to the yeah. music. Yep. Was so, I mean the well, hip hop? I might have so, asked him to. It's fine because it it <laughs> like I was in the back and I was just like, turn it up a little bit more. Yeah, we have certain projectionists who like are, it, almost as like a moral thing, or it's like, oh, I'm playing everything as loud as I can. Yeah, no, it, it sounded it sounded yeah, but not like to a great. point print, like no, that it shouldn't be. It's just like no. so that the music you you, you feel yeah, the music exactly. instead of hear the music exactly both. So yeah, that uh, that's repertory right there. I mean, then there's been some surprise world premieres. I mean, what what's shocked you? You know. So um, the the, I, I didn't. I wouldn't say it shocked me, but I was pleasantly. I was ple pleasantly not surprised, but I was really happy that await further instructions played as well as I had expected it to, because it's a great, great movie. Uh, the filmmakers were here from Britain. Yeah, and, they flew themselves all the way yeah, over. Yeah, and it just yeah. played exactly how I wanted it to. Like people loved it. People are still talking about it. Yeah. And the the press that have been here and that have sent out put out reviews for the film love this film. Yeah. I'm so bummed I missed that one. It's like one of the ones I was like most interested in seeing. But it'll happen. come around. We'll oh, find yeah, it, sure. it, that film can have that sort of reaction and buzz from a world premiere and not find distribution. Sure. So yeah. so um, listeners we're talking about again, we're talking about a wait for the instructions. And then the kid the guys from um Empathy Inc. Was it yesterday? Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, yesterday was their world premiere. Were like also a lot of people were coming up to me afterwards, telling them how much they liked their movie. And I saw the audience ballots; people really liked. Oh, their good. Movie. Okay, because I mean, and I know the peep, the few critics who saw it beforehand also really liked it. And those guys, I mean, they they don't have a lot of experience; they're very young, and they've already made another movie. Yeah, they're uh, they're all in their twenties, so, and, yeah, like, and they're, they're just, just like, like DIY filmmakers. They've never oh. really done a film festival before, so this <laughs> oh, is. Like, I know they asked me a lot of questions. They they were just <laughs> beside themselves That's with the charming. experience that they had here. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I was really happy with Empathy Inc. But I mean, I can't. We had a how many world premieres did we have just this weekend? We had one, two, five. Three, we had five. Yeah, five world premieres just this weekend, which was insane. Yeah, we've got a few more to go. 
yeah, so Cinepocalypse has been crazy and fun and really busy. And anybody yeah, who's listening who's been out, I'm surprised you're listening right now because you're probably, <laughs> you should be in a movie right now. Yeah, uh, and anybody, off. anybody who missed it, well, you still have a little bit of time left. So I think we should jump into this week's show so we can tell people who we, maybe we've gotten excited about Cinepocalypse why you should come. So let's just talk about Thursday shows because that way we know you for sure maybe have time to to plan for... We don't want to uh, talk... If, well, if, if, it goes if, up if, on Wednesday, right? Talk okay. About, well, let's talk about Wednesday night. Let's talk about Wednesday night <laughs> yeah. shows because if you have if you get the podcast in the, during the day and you, you listen to it, you have a chance for, for so Wednesday tonight, night yes. shows. So well, let's just talk about those three films real quick and then let's also talk about Thursday, which is a full day of shows. So the uh, first film we should talk about is Definitely Bound, yeah. which uh, you're me. Uh, I will be doing the uh, moderation with with the Lana Wachowski in person, which I'm very stoked to be. I love Lana, Lana Wachowski. Uh, and I'll be showing her personal 35mm print of this film. I just went back and rewatched it. This film holds up. And it, and it's crazy because when you go back and rewatch it after having seen all of her work after, you realize like where so much started and where a lot of the style and, 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 and things came from. And um, I have talked to Alana a little bit about some of the questions that I'm going to ask her as well as some of the, where the conversation is going to go. And she's got some great stories. So I, <laughs> it, I just want to say, like, if you can come, it's a good print. But the conversation that – well, it might not even be conversation. It might just be a monologue from Lana. It's going to be worth it. Uh, what, else, what else do we have on Wednesday night? Um, I, most of these – a couple reruns, uh, Heavy Trip and, uh, and the Seven Stages, uh, which are both comedies. Um, Relaxer is playing for the first time, second time, second time, but, second time. But we do have a world premiere on Thursday. Oh, is the appearance a world premiere? Yeah, the okay, appearance, and that's the only screening. And I have not seen that, so I don't know. So it's a period period it. piece, witchcraft. It's in a monastery, like medieval times type thing. Creepy, haunting. It's good, but sorry, I, I, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, like I am, mm. Hodor's in this movie. Oh, wonderful! Christian Nairn, the so, world famous DJ, is he Christian holding a door? <laughs> Hey, don't say that. It's a spoiler. <laughs> Game of Thrones fans, come see your man, Hodor. Well, he's different in this movie, but he's in a movie. He's great in the movie. He's totally Hodor, but he, could t- he can say more than Hodor. <laughs> Which I, I don't even know what to expect. Uh, he, da- he, he, he can say other words, I promise you. Oh, wow. So I, 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 recommend, I recommend the appearance on Wednesday night, but let's talk about Thursday. Yeah. Uh, we've got Short Trip to Hell, which is our shorts block, which is really great this year. That's at 145. Then we have the ridiculous, over-the-top Hong Kong action film, The Brink, at 345. Did you see that one, Steve? No, I haven't seen most of these it's films wild. Yeah. And then we have the U.S. premiere of a locally made about the architect Nick Lucchetti. So it's a weird documentary, docudrama sort of mix it's strange it's it's really interesting if you like if you want to see local come out and see secret popo at six and then steve why don't you tell us what's at 8 30 well <laughs> this is this is josh's baby but i think it's actually a great idea it's i think it's the only official anniversary screening we're doing this year uh for killer clowns from outer space <laughs> With the directors, uh, the filmmaker. It's not just the director, because I think one of them's just a writer. Maybe, yeah, but, but all three Kyoto brothers. Right. The brothers are coming in, which I get apparently is a rare thing to have them all come into one thing. There will be, I'm hearing there will be antics and special surprises. There will and, be. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I'm not either, because I don't, I'm not. We got some group. really big boxes by <laughs> FedEx this morning, which there are some, some things in those boxes that I, if you want to come on and experience this film, I promise you it will be more than just a film. This ought to be the thing to do it. It yeah. would be the thing to do it if you're going to see this. Yeah, that's so. That's I would say that's that's the big. And after that, there is a closing night party down at Diagostinos, and they have been just sweethearts. They're going to be offering uh, complimentary drinks and food, Oof. and we're figuring out some fun things to play music-wise and 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 um, and on the TV. So it'll be a nice like wrap-up party sure. for everybody who's been around, or if you're just coming for this one thing, celebration of just killer <laughs> clowns. Because why can't we celebrate killer clowns <laughs> from outer space? And, and and if that is completely out of your wheelhouse, I could also recommend the. The, the actual final film, Luciferina, it's a it's an encore presentation. It's my personal favorite film from the festival from Argentina. It's a beautiful looking film. It's a scary as hell film. Uh, acting is tremendous. It's just an all around great film that I hope somebody picks up and puts out. And uh, and here's a little little behind the scenes on that. You know, sometimes people don't want to go to the party, right? And they just love love movies. So we threw that one out there because yeah. you know if that's not your thing. 
go to another movie. And that's perfectly valid. You know? some people, so we get that. Yeah, some people don't like to, to do the big, like, you know, party social scene and stuff like that. Some people just like to be in movies. Exactly. And I'm guessing and the party will that. still be happening by the time Luciferina lets out. Yes, and you are welcome to come <laughs> yes. down to the party after you get out of that great Luciferina. And thank you for, for telling people yeah. how good it is, Steve. If the rest of the week has, has showed us anything, it's that the parties are going to go on as long as the staff allows them to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing Dagasino. I don't know what time they close. But. Oh, they'll go till two a.m. if they can. Oh, all, right, all right. Okay, so uh, let's let's talk about what is opening this Friday that isn't have anything to do with Cinepocalypse. So, if listeners, you just tuned us out, tune back in. <laughs> we'll We've got a great, out, great film opening on June 29th. I haven't seen it, but Steve has. Steve, tell us about this movie. I've not only seen it, but we programmed it at the Critics Festival uh, back in May. Uh, it's called Damsel by the Zellner Brothers. They did, their last film was a tremendous film called Kamiko the Treasure Hunter. Oh, Kamiko. And this is not like Kamiko, although they do like these sort of, sort of play with these archetypes. And uh, Damsel is a, it's a sort of a Western about these, uh, Robert Pattinson plays this young man who is, at the, oh yeah, on the surface it seems like he is trying to rescue his girlfriend, um, who's played by Mia, uh, Mia Wachowska, um, and uh, and it looks like he's pursuing whoever it is that is has kidnapped her, but we sort of find out later that, in fact, she's actually running from him, oh, and wow. he's chasing her, and that's not a spoiler, because nice. you find that out fairly early in the film, but it does play with those these, these Western archetypes of of helpless women and men sure. survive, like trying to save them and really, really turns it on its head in a last. funny and violent way. <laughs> and yeah, and, and there's some other great people in it. One of the Zellner brothers actually plays like a major role in the film. And uh, we, we had them here for the, when the festival happened and they were tremendous guests and they're great talkers and they just make some of the most interesting films I've seen in the last few years. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen... So are you like, sold on this, Drake? Do oh, you want to see it? Yeah, it's okay. a blast. I mean, like, I, yeah. I saw Kamiko, and I loved Kamiko. Actually, a uh, little inside fact about the Music Box staff. So one of the things, you know, when you work as a staff, as a staff member is, you know, you have to clean up after the films, and uh, that means that you get very familiar with a lot of the ending credits music. Yeah. And the one from Kamiko uh, was stuck in all of our heads for years. We still, pretty much every party that we throw here for the staff only, will put on the ending credit music from Kamiko. The Treasure Hunter. That's where that came from? Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just that never, one and, never realized uh, it. That one and that Roy Orbison song from the end of uh, uh, Hateful Eight. Those go on all the time. <laughs> well, I, lo- I love the Roy one because I yeah. just love Roy. Who does You know what I really want to do? Maybe listeners, you could help me with this. I want to find who the distributor is of the Roy Orbison concert, the black and white concert. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They just re-released that, actually. In theaters or just on Blu-ray and DVD? D- Blu-ray and CD because the, his right. son re-edited it. But what I want yeah. is I want to show like a print or something oh, yeah. of it at the theater. I just love that. Have you seen oh, this? I haven't. No, my, my I, I want to show it. Have you ever heard of anybody showing that movie, Black and White? No, I've never heard of it screening. See, that's the thing. I want to figure out how to play that for people because I, I, I would love to see it. Like, it'd be a personal thing that I would want to do. But I, I, I wonder if there would be an audience for it because it's I'm such sure a good well, you know, concert. Yeah. I think you'd like it, Drake. Well, yeah, um, there's, I think in recent years, like, I've, I've heard more and more like like cats who are like millennials and stuff like that talking about Roy Orbison. I think Roy Orbison is for some reason having sort of a resurgence. I think he already had it. I think he's still having it. He had it, it right before yeah. he died, really. So. Yeah, which is really uh, sad. But no, his, but his son, yeah, his son took the raw footage from the original black and like a black, black, whatever it's called. Roy Orbison, black and white. I think it's just Roy Orbison, black and white, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and um, and it's and he re-edited it to sort of emphasize different things. He added some songs back in, uh, but yeah. The, well, the now whole, I need to see that because I didn't realize. Yeah, it, was it just a came. New one. It just came out like in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. But the, it's what's what's exciting about it is the band is like a who's who of like great rock stars from the time like Springsteen, Tom Waits, Elvis Costello, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie Raitt. Raitt, Katie Langer singing backup yeah. vocals. Like, wow. I know. And, uh, it's amazing. So Tom, Tom Waits is my favorite. Tom Waits is, is playing a lot of organ. Artist. He doesn't yeah. sing, but he plays organ on a lot of songs sure. and it's so good. And then, um, Jackson Brown's in it. It's like all these great. I'll get you a copy. Of every it, right? single yeah, person in the it. band is like somebody. But listeners, and, if you know where I can get the, the theatrical rights for that film, please let me know because I will play it. And, and and if you can get me the rights, you of course I you're bet you, invited. You, I mean, on that new set, I'm sure it's. I mean, it's his family. His family. So owns I think now, what I have so. to then do is I have to find who released that, right, right. and figure out how to get through them to get through the son, yeah. and see if he would allow me to have a theatrical screening of yeah. it because then he probably has the rights. Yeah. 
um, which we're going to work on that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're getting off topic. Damsel is opening June 29th. I hope you come out and check it out. Mm-hmm. Also this weekend, <laughs> we have Saturday and Sunday at 1130 a.m. We've got the continuation of the Curtiz retrospective. Michael Curtiz, the great filmmaker. Uh, it is Mildred Pierce. I have not seen this. Have you seen this? I have not. Uh, have you seen oh, this? Oh, yeah. And, well, in fact, I'm, I'm going to come and see it this weekend because what I'm, when uh, that Ryan Murphy show Feud aired last year about Betty Davis and um, oh, yeah. Joan Crawford, they, there's, this, is, this film factors in heavily because it, she, it's the one she, that Joan Crawford won an Oscar for. So, uh, so yeah, I'm not, like, I haven't seen it. I don't think I've ever seen it on a big screen, and mm. I haven't seen it since I watched that series. It's a great series. Uh, but this was sort of like her, her st- val- like stamp of validation. That she, oh, she has an Oscar now. Like yeah. That was a big deal for her because she always sort of felt like a B-movie actress for a long time, especially in her older years. So, um, so yeah, this, this I'm dying to see. I'm glad you're playing it twice, too. For sure. So, listeners, uh, if you get a chance, uh, come see that this weekend. We also, our midnight movie is... Spring break! Spring break, motherfuckers! Sorry, Sorry. that was really really bad, and I can't believe I just put that in your ears. Uh, Take two, try it again. No, I'm not gonna. (laughs) I just, I'm gonna put myself out there, I failed you. Uh, It's Harmony Corrine, Uh, it's James Franco, it's a weird movie. I haven't seen it. It's so entertaining. You should just you should just see oh, it. How can you? I'll, how have you not back. seen this movie? Oh my god, it's so up your alley. I'm just. Kyle I just, was just, telling me he's like he's like I love this movie. And I was like, I, I, just see it. Yeah. Just see it. I was just take the, a chance on us. I know so many people who took a chance on it. Most of them, I think, would be characterized as bros, <laughs> um, who came out of the theater very puzzled. And saying what the what what did I just watch? Uh, whereas the rest of us who understand art house and Harmony Kareen and those types of movies, just wow! Like well done, Harmony. You you killed it again. He, I was at the world premiere of this at South by Southwest. You were in oh, that audience. Yeah. Oh man, oh, How, what, what was yeah. the reaction? It was nuts. It was so I don't think anyone knew exactly what they were in for. And and Harmony had played other movies there before like I think not long before like Trash Humpers played there and oh, Trash Hunter is such a different movie well, he's been, and he's been here before <sighs> Trash, Trash Humpers. Humpers Humpers not Hunter okay, okay. Make sure okay. I heard all that right, hold on hold on Drake on a side we, we will get you all caught up with Harmony <laughs> Kareem that's for another time we don't need to go into that for the podcast he was here okay. uh, for Mr. Lonely yes he was uh, years ago I did the which Q&A is the one I don't them. like as much of his oh, work oh see I love that movie you do I like <laughs> yeah, the other films I like better so much in that movie. He's uh, so cute. Well, we showed uh, Gummo, and and people came out for it. So I was like, oh, now I'm going to show Spring Breakers. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, no, but uh, so Spring Breakers is at midnight uh, on Friday and Saturday. So come out. We're well, we you know 11:59 p.m. Uh, so that you actually know it's on Friday and, you're, and it's technically on Saturday. Um, but also, what's coming up is the kickoff of the Robin Williams film series, otherwise known as Tuesdays with Robin. Uh, on July third, we have uh, Aladdin. Drake, you want to talk about Aladdin? Yeah, I think you know it's. So I'm really excited about the, the Robin Williams series in general. I think Robin Williams means a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, especially especially as as we all kind of come to terms with talking about. Uh, you know, dealing with mental health in America and stuff like that. But Aladdin is just such a fun romp, you know? It was actually one of my favorite Disney films growing up, and it was one of the ones that long passed the point of uh, when you get, you know, you get to that age where you're like, well, animated films are for babies. Uh, That was one of the ones that stuck with me long past that point. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I'm very excited to come back for this one. Um, You're going to be in the audience for it? Oh, absolutely. Of course. I'm going to be in the audience for I can't for... believe Disney let me book it. Disney's <laughs> a weird company. Disney's you don't hard get to a work lot. With. Yeah. They are very hard to work with, but, you know, you have to do what you can to work with them, and you just you just figure it out. And they said yes, and I was... I mean, I, t- I sent a really nice email. It was like, we're doing this series. It's about Robin, some of his, like, different roles and performances and his voice work. And so if you would please say yes, and if yeah. you have a 35 million meter print do you think that the what happened with um was it sleeping beauty here during this last 70 fest I think that anything to do us. with it yeah. yeah julian getting the getting that, sleeping beauty for us and yeah and you know and it made them money you know money talks in this business as sure. we all know yeah i think that helped us but uh but so you're excited about aladdin i'm very excited about it and you know it's it's interesting the uh sorry i, I had an aside real quick but i'm not gonna do it because we're we keep getting off topic throughout the rest of this podcast but yeah i'm very excited about it. i think it's gonna be a great time i think everybody should come out for it <laughs> 
Cool. Um, so let's jump into advanced notice, otherwise known as the thing where we talk about something that we're just starting to talk about, or maybe we just put on sale, um, just so that it's you know it's in your mind, you're thinking about it. And this one is literally it's entirely put together by Drake. So tell us about it, Drake. Well, the nice thing about this one is, is that this isn't an advanced ticket notice because it's free, my friends. So this is called the Southport Arts Fest. It's put on by our neighbors here uh, on Southport. They're called the Southport Neighbors Association. Yep. S N a yes our uh you know we we live in the the legendary or we we live here in the legendary southport corridor and uh i think we started doing this about four years ago before that so basically it's a street festival it shuts down everywhere from waveland i think up past jarvis and uh no it's up to jarvis up to jarvis Mm -hmm. so for you know years ago we would just kind of expect a slow day of business because we we the street shuts down it's hard for people to get through getting you know hit up we had to tell our customers to say no, I'm not going to donate because I'm only going to the music box. I'm not going to your festival, which right. was annoying to have to communicate that. Right, exactly. And so a lot of people just wouldn't come out for that. So in the last couple of years, we decided, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and lean into this. So what the first thing we did was uh, comes to Looney Tunes. So we started programming free screenings, 35 millimeter of uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. And man, th- those are so much fun. Have you ever had a chance during Southport Fest to sit on any of the Looney Tunes? Yeah, it's fa- great. I love how the kids are reacting. This is yeah. old style animation. And and exactly. I mean, you know, one of my favorite things as a kid on Cartoon Network, they used to every month, every month of June, they would do this thing called June Bugs, where it was like they would show nothing but Bugs Bunny cartoons <laughs> for an entire month. It was like my favorite thing. And like, they don't really do that anymore. So, like, the amount of kids who haven't really been exposed to old school Looney Tune cartoons is actually surprisingly high. So, I really like that we are able to bring that out. And that, you know, that's, that's for kids and adults alike. You know, that's, that's something that I think people of all ages can enjoy. That being said, there are definitely parts of this festival that not people of all ages can enjoy because what we also do for, for Southport Fest, it's, so, it's what you call an activation. We sort of uh, we focus things on the lounge a little bit more, especially our garden. So we have a, a very gourmet Bloody Mary bar, just crazy garnishes. Plus, we make our, our, our own Bloody Mary mix in-house. Actually, uh, my partner, Natalie, uh, her favorite cocktail is a Bloody Mary. So every time over the past five years, long before I was a bartender, every time we go to a, a place that... Uh, had a Bloody Mary and it was good, I would ask them what their particular secret was and that's how we eventually created our Bloody Mary mix here at the Music Box. I've just been stealing for people for years. So it's been a real labor of love on my part and we're going to be bringing that back this year. We're also going to be having uh, breweries out in two-hour chunks. So it's going to be from noon to 8 on Saturday, the 14th of July, and then noon to 6 on uh, Sunday, the, the 15th. And every two hours, we're going to be switching out with two different breweries. Uh, we are still programming those breweries right now, but I know for a fact that Founders uh, and Bells will be there, as well as Collective Arts Brewing Company and a couple of other places, Cutwater Spirits. We also will be doing... Uh, We'll have Cheesy's food truck here available to people, so that uh, while you're while you're enjoying all the free drinks, you can also you know get yourself a little bit little bite to eat. Uh, we're going to be programming all sorts of like really we're going to have a sips and succulents thing where people can bring home succulent plants with them. Uh, we brought that out for our garden party this year; it was a huge success, so we're bringing that back. But yeah, Southport Fest is is honestly it's the biggest thing we do that is sort of lounge centric in the entire year, and it's always a blast. The program it's nerve wracking to program, but as we get closer and closer, well, to on it, you, but I just sure. come in and I enjoy it. <laughs> So, and I think Steve, you've come in and just I've definitely it. come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite thing. Is like it's it's just something that we can offer our people that uh, you're not really getting anywhere else. If you are a fan of craft beers, you're not finding an event like this anywhere else in Chicago, especially not without having to pay the ticket price for it. Yeah, and no ticket price there. And they even stopped asking people to do donations when they come in the festival. So yep. you you have that whole street fest to enjoy, whether you like street and the fests arts are or great. not. Like, and the, then you have what we put together yes. on top of that. And so, you know, I mean, for us, we're just trying to have some fun. I mean, yeah. it doesn't always have to be about movies, but, you know, when you can interact a Absolutely. little bit, it is good. Well, and, and it's still, I mean, if, sticking with the Music Box core values, it's still supporting of the arts as well, because that's what this festival is. It's a street art fair. There's all kinds of, like, different arts, crafts. We're actually looking at programming some artists within our space this year as well. It's just been nice because as the festival, like, they've made the festival a little bit more low-key over the past couple of years, but I think they've also embraced us as sort of a major part of this festival. So uh, we are bringing stuff to the table that uh, you know makes it easier for the rest of the neighborhood to, to sort of eventize as well. Well, I'm excited for your Southport Fest, and I hope uh, some of our listeners come out because this is a lot of fun. And I know Steve likes it; he comes out. And I think yes, I said some it. some years I do. Yes, I didn't know they'd stop taking donations at the door. They so did. I usually just uh, used to just say, I mean, I, it was true too that I was always coming here. So right. So usually, but and, and not that I'm not happy to donate, but 
Yeah, I mean, the, I, I think I, I already said it, but just to be clear, this is on July 14th and 15th, so feel free to stop out and just enjoy some stuff with us, guys. It's really exciting. Okay, so let's have a quick review of the films that are uh, that are coming up. So we've got Damsel opening on June 29th. It'll play for a couple of weeks here, so make sure you, uh, you get a chance to come out and see it. We've got the continuation of the Michael Curtiz retrospective for our matinees, so June 30th and July 1st at 11.30 a.m. with Mildred Pierce. Our midnights, our spring breakers, come. <laughs> Come see it. Please enjoy yourself with that one. Um, and if not, don't see it. It's cool. <laughs> We've got Robin Williams' film series finally kicking off. We've been talking about this for a while. It's Aladdin on July 3rd at 7 p.m. So we hope that's a lot of good film for you to come check out. As always, we want you to rate our podcast, and you can feel free to email us your comments. I've been hearing from you guys lately, and I love it. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. We're very happy to talk to you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Drake. Thank you again. Thank you. I'm so happy to have both of you back on the podcast. We'll have to do it again. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. All right, Music Box podcast listeners. um, For this old theater segment, we are going to have an interview or a conversation between Steve Bacopi and Robert Cargill, who uh, is visiting us. That is, Mr. Cargill is visiting us. uh, The Cinepocalypse Genre Film Festival, which is what we've talked about a lot in this podcast. So I'm going to throw over Steve and Cargill to have a conversation about uh, film festivals and all sorts of stuff about film in general. Why are you at the Music Box? (laughs) Well, you know, um, I've been hearing about this festival for quite some time. Uh, You know, following on, on Twitter, you know, every year it pops up and I'm like why was this not on my radar why is I'm only hearing about this now and um, uh, and then last year you guys had Simon Barrett out uh, right. who I've run into at, at many film festivals and become friends that way and and he was hosting stuff here and I'm like I want to do that they let Simon do that they'll let me do that right and then sure enough you guys reached out to my partner in crime uh, Scott Derrickson and Scott was like, yeah, I'd love to come and do it. Could Cargill come too? And you guys were like, we can get Cargill too? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so I was like, hell yeah, I want to come out to Chicago for a week and watch movies. And so... We knew uh, we could get Scott, but Cargill? But Cargill. Oh, come on. <laughs> He's a big deal. Say Scott's only so. a big Hollywood director. <laughs> we should we should, we should should back it up a little because we're really bad about introducing ourselves on this podcast. But well, we, we were just say, kind of introduced. I know, I know, but I'm saying like we should give some of your, your credits because yeah. there well, are a few. Yeah, my name is C. Rob. <laughs> Robert Cargill. I'm a novelist, a screenwriter, a former film critic. I came up with Steve at Ain't It Cool News at the turn of the millennium mm-hmm. when we were just kids. And uh, I spun that off into a career. I wrote the films Sinister, Sinister 2, and Doctor Strange, uh, right. all with Scott. And then I, in the meanwhile, wrote a couple of books and was recently nominated for the Arthur C. Clarke Award for my novel, Sea of Rust. There you go. Now we all know who everybody is. Okay. So- and yes, you can get me. <laughs> yes. I'm gettable, people. So anyway, but I, so what just because I feel like genre festivals and our line of work kind of grew exponentially at the same time for a while uh, that these like the Fantastic Fest kicked off, you know, while Ain't It Cool was at its peak. And then there were I mean, there were other ones, too, like Fantasia has been going on for much longer, like 20 or 25 years but these things have become like serious film festivals now. They're not just little places where dumpy little slasher films get placed. Um, and they're, they're like legitimate art gatherings now. And, they're, and, you know, creative people get together. Have you, have you found that to be true? Just oh, like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was the thing, though, is, I mean, keep in mind that at this, at the point in time when all of this exploded, we had genre festivals. We had Sitges. We had Fantasia. We didn't have a genre festival in the United States right. that, was, that was large. I guess that's what I mean. Yeah, in yeah. the U.S. for sure. And we had Sundance, but Sundance at the time was still kind of had its nose in the air about genre. Occasionally it would have, you know, its midnight stuff. Like you'd have something break out like Blair Witch Project. Yeah. But still, they weren't taking genre super seriously. And what happened came organically and kind of grew out of Austin. Not only Ain't It Cool News, but with what was happening with South By. Mm Because South By Southwest brought in Matt Dentler. And Matt Dentler knew he needed to take the fest in a different direction. He said, what is no one else doing? And he said, seriously programming genre and documentaries. So that's what I'm going to do. So he started pushing South by Southwest in the direction of being all about genre and, and documentaries. And then at the same time, Tim League was sitting down with Harry Knowles and uh, Tim... Uh, 
Tim McCandless. Oh. Uh, and the three of them were talking, and they started talking about what they loved about film festivals, what they hated about film festivals, and ultimately they kind of came up with what would be the perfect festival. You have it at one movie theater, so you don't have to drive around town. All your time can be spent outside talking about movies. You only program genre films so that you can just watch genre and you focus on, it forces you to focus on the things that always get neglected, like fantasy and animation. And so they made Fantastic Fest and Fantastic Fest and South by Southwest were having happening at the same time growing up in that in that vein at the same time that because of what we were doing in Ain't It Cool a bunch of guys all said I want to do that too I'm going to pack up the car and move to Austin to become a blogger and we got this <laughs> influx of bloggers who all just rented apartments or bought houses in Austin to be part of that scene and then the scene just grew up and yeah. blew up so now these two festivals all have coverage at all the websites because now these are being considered online two of the biggest festivals, even though at the time they weren't, and then grew to be two of the biggest festivals. South by Southwest became one of the big five. If you have a film, it needs to play at Sundance, it needs to play at South by, it needs to play at Fantasia. You know, it, it became one of the big runs. And then, of course, Fantastic Fest became the place to go to get your film picked up if you want a distribution for a smaller film. It's weird how quickly it became a buyer's event. Yeah, like, it didn't really start fast, that way. Just in a couple years, right? Um, I mean, the first year, they had 20 films. It was possible to see 19 of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you programmed it right, it was over four days. And through the first three years, if you had a badge, you could just walk in and still see a movie without having to wait in line or do right. anything else. One movie event, I think, in the first three years sold out. But then once word got out, now it's now it's huge. You have to buy tickets. You know, once badges go online, they sell out. Yeah. So you've got to you really have to be a hardcore to to do that fest. And and now everyone else has started. You know, we've gotten other things popping up, like an apocalypse and like uh, uh, the Overlook Festival, right. and and now uh, a Chattanooga, which is the the big fest, cool kids festival that nobody knows is a cool kids festival where. Since there are no buyers there, filmmakers go to watch each other's films and just hang out and drink whiskey. Yeah. Like if you're a if you're a serious genre fan, you need to go to Chattanooga in the spring and just get a chance to not only watch all these great films early in the circuit, but to to be able to meet all these young filmmakers coming up. And it, the funny thing about it is those those last few festivals you just mentioned. What distinguishes them from the the longtime festivals, the genre festivals, is that you can actually get into the films yeah. without a whole lot of work. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's and it makes a huge difference. Like they don't, no one, I don't like jumping through hoops, so I kind of stopped going to Fantastic Fest because it became. You know, the way I schedule myself, I can't, because like, you have to get tickets a day early now, mm -hmm. even if you have a badge. And it just became such a nightmare that I was like, you know what? We have enough people down there to cover it. I don't need to be there. <laughs> so, and I missed it. I missed seeing all those people because you do see the same people oh, year yeah. after year and they become friends and family. And, but at the same time, like, like I go to Fantasia, you can still get into Fantasia pretty easily. I kind of like the way that's organized, but like this festival and the other two, Overlook and Chattanooga, you can just show up like 30 minutes early and get right in. Yeah. And it's no, great. It feels like the old days of Fantastic <laughs> Fest here. Like it really yeah. is the, you know, I just watched Howard the Duck on 70 millimeter last night. I wasn't going to ask you about any of the films you've seen so far because you are on a jury while you're here. Well, yeah, so, that's why I could talk I gonna, about Howard. I was going to say, but the energy is still in the theater from Howard the Duck last night. Yeah. I mean, that crowd <laughs> was into it. That crowd really dug it. And I've, I've had several great experiences with the crowds here. Like these are really great movie watching crowds. And, uh, and that's, that's the important part. It's like, uh, um, it's a lot like, have you ever been out to Fright Fest in London? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, London, the, one of the things we don't talk about in the States is the UK loves horror a lot more than the States do. You would think that we are, you know, we're red-blooded American teenage mom and dad and apple pie horror movie loving people. Not like not like the British are. They love their horror movies. Like serious British actors do horror. That took a while in this country to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and so. but, but, but serious audiences watch yeah. horror, and and, and it does better box office over there. And Fright Fest, watching Sinister for the first time with that audience, they got jokes that American audiences never laughed at. Like <laughs> we, we put in little subtle bits, and the audience would just roar with laughter. And it's like, holy shit, these people get it. Um, <laughs> so the audience is the most important part. Uh, you know, theater, projection, sound, it's all important, but it's really about the audience, which is why Fantastic Fest is so great, which yeah. is why Chattanooga is so great, and why Sid Apocalypse is clearly really great. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're in only the second year. The the, the differences uh, between last year and this year, I feel like it's just, just it's just moving. It's going. The the audiences are coming in bigger numbers. They're reacting even more like even more excited than than I've ever seen it at any genre thing in Chicago. I think so. I, I, that's always one of the things I was always it was always hard I think to cultivate that kind of devotee like crowd to horror or any genre. It's 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 happening now. Like it's starting to happen. The the, and I think you know the badge holders are the front lines, and then other people come for different things to just sample, and they get excited about what they're seeing. So. Well, and that, that word of mouth starts spreading right. as people are like, "Oh, where did you wait? You saw that movie? How did you see that? Oh, it was just playing down at the music box at this cool festival." I'm like, "What? I didn't know that. How did I not know this was happening in my town? That's how Fantastic Fest grew. Yeah, you know, and that's how these things do grow is organically like that, and." Uh, uh, and it's been really cool to kind of do the circuit this year of the the young, scrappy, un- up-and-coming festivals that really do have great programming teams that are uh, uh, showing an astounding amount of film. I know that by the time Fantastic Fest comes, I'm going to have like 20, 30 films of Fantastic Fest that I'll be like, oh, yeah, saw it here, saw it here, saw it here. <laughs> oh, you got to see this. Definitely see this. Because um, uh, uh, I've, you know, uh, what I've seen so far, incredible selection of films. Yeah. Well, just give us your initial impressions of the theater itself, because you've never been here before. No, just I Just stepping into that big theater for the first time and, and getting a gander. You haven't seen The Organist yet, so that's going to blow your mind a little bit. I, too. I, have not, I have not seen the actual... I've seen The Organ, I have not seen The Organist. You know, it's it's cool, man. I mean, it's this feels very much like the 90s to me in here. Like, I know that's far <laughs> older than that, but it's in the 90s, there hadn't been that huge renovation of some of these old theaters, and so you had... Like here we are sitting in this lounge and it's an old school brick wall and you could tell these bricks have been here for like 80 freaking years. You know, it's uh, it's old school. It's, you know, some chairs are wobbly and, and uh, <laughs> springs are broken. And and it's that kind of thing where part of you is like, I want, you know, they, they should do some repair here and here. But then at the same time, it's like if you go full out, you know, then you just end up with an AMC. And that's not <laughs> what you want. This this theater clearly has a history. It clearly has magic. And it's it's really charming. And you know what? You sit and you watch the movies and all that melts away and you're just watching a movie. It's it's like uh, it's like uh, I mean, we have one in Austin like at the Paramount yeah. which is bigger you know it's like 1200 seats yeah. although you know 400 of the seats are up in the mezzanine which you never want to end up mm-hmm. in I watched a movie that way at South by this year and never again <laughs> it's like I'm tired of looking down at a movie like you're supposed to look up at your movies but yeah it's no this is uh, it's a really really cool place that has a lot of great energy which you just don't find places like that really much anymore yeah um, you know the Alamo Draft House of course has its own energy but it's very separate it's very different um, uh, maybe in in 30, 40 years, we'll look, we'll, you know, when, when some of those theaters are aging and haven't been updated, we'll feel that way about that. But, but this is, uh, this is definitely has a real charm to it. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the music box in Chicago and thank you for coming and enjoy, continue enjoying your experience here, uh, and, uh, and continued success. <laughs> as well. Well, thanks for having me. It's 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 been phenomenal, sort of watching you come up in a couple different areas. But just every time I'm just sort of watching, I'm like, oh, there he's doing something else now. There you go. And there's another movie he's doing. And there's another yeah. So it's exciting. It, it is. I know I joke, but it, like it is actually kind of very cool that you're here. So, but anyway, so thank you. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah.